Hey, everybody, welcome to Inside Situation, a bi weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. I'm Peter Yajisic, head of technology at Situation. And today we have two wonderful people in the studio with me. Uh, we've got back Jordan Persing, co host of Inside Situation. Welcome back, Jordan. Thanks, Peter. Good to be back. Good to have you back. And uh, we have the founder and president of Situation, Damian Bazadana. Hey, Damian. How are you doing, Peter? Doing great. Thank you so much for coming into the studio. And uh, Damian, the last time we had you on the podcast with Maria, it was before we moved. So now we're after we moved. We're in our new digs. I have to start off by asking, how did it go for you? Uh, It's swimmingly well. I think that is on the backs of a lot of people, Maria, Eileen, a whole bunch of people. That were able to get us in, which I would, you know, look to you guys. I think it was actually, I mean, oh my God, it was so pretty smooth. smooth. It was very I smooth. So it. smooth. Um, I, it was. I just felt like I showed up and started working. It was yeah. like no transition. It's uh, unbelievable. And I went back, so I, I thought I was a little nervous moving in because I just didn't know what we were in for. I was actually very nervous about everyone moving into the open pen and right. everything else. And plus, I left seven years behind in that other space. But I remember going to the other space the day of the lease because we had moved we moved all of our stuff here and we had the old office which I had to kind of go just clean some stuff up and I had such a horrible it was a moment when you're walking out of something you know when you leave your apartment when you're moving that moment you kind of like right before you close the door you're like closing out a chapter of your life yeah I was like good riddance and just like walked out of there it was just <laughs> dreadful I was like I could not wait to get out of there and then I feel like oh thank god this was like feels great and I gotta tell you I cannot possibly be happier with this office. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to feel that way. I was hoping to feel that way. But I, I had wondering. no idea. I, I, you know, my philosophy has, I've been through enough moves, I've been part of moves over my career. You know, I just wanted, was going to keep my mouth shut, even if there were things that I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like, but this place is great. I mean, it's a wonderful, it's, I think the energy is, is really, really great. The neighborhood is great, even though it's the same neighborhood. I don't know. There's something, I think like a new chapter, like you said, um, you know, I remember sitting in one of the conference rooms the first week and kind of like looking around and having this feeling of like, oh man, like like I gotta up my game, like in a really <laughs> good way. You know, like we're that it's that we're in the grown up space. Gra- yeah, yeah, and a great example of just how environment affects your whole being. Yeah, cool. So you know that that kind of leads us into the topic that we wanted to talk about today, which was the idea of perks. Um, those things at work that kind of enhance our daily routine uh, that, that kind of, um, you know, are meant to improve the quality of life for the people that are working here and, and how they, how they're developed, how they come up, how you, we come up with them as an agency, you know, how we revise the perks that, that we offer to our employees. And, and Damien, I know when you, before we moved, you had sent out a survey to people asking them about quality of life. And I think that that kind of led to the enhance, you know, some some newer things that we're trying, but but really, you know, I feel like perks have it's been important to you for a long time. Ever ever since I've worked here for six years, I feel like there's always been a philosophy at the agency that we spend so much time with each other, you know, more time with the people we work with necessarily than the people we live with. So so why why is the concept of quality of life important to you, and how does that how did that manifest from the early days? Well, if starting as one person and then hiring people one by one over the years in order to get talented people to stay with you. Um, there's only a f- so many ways you can do that. You can overpay them because you have gobs of money, which I did not have, um, or you can create environments in which they want to be a part of. And that's the, the root of it was like, how do I create an awesome environment that I want 
that I want to be a part of and that they want to be a part of. And you do that through a work atmosphere. So um, I think part of it was just part of it's survival, but part of it's also I'm going to be here every day. And part of it's just like that's just I don't know. It's, it's second at this point. It's just who essential part of who we are. Uh, you you had mentioned that uh, you thought when we were talking about this previously, um, the the concept of fairness and not you know the I, I think the idea is if you have a perk, there may be a temptation for people to take advantage. What what do you see as the balance between kind of someone who who is taking advantage of of a perk versus taking uh, advantage of you or your generosity? No one takes. I don't believe anyone. No one takes advantages of uh, takes advantage of perks. It's just in general that just doesn't happen. I mean, in general, how you do anything is how you do everything. And people who do stuff like that, their pattern, their pattern of behavior repeats itself in other places, and they don't stay here for long. I'm not worried about people taking advantage of perks. It just has never been an issue for us. Um, I think for us, I mean, at least for me, I try to listen to what people are saying. I mean, at the end of the day, we got seventy talented people coming in here, and if you just ask people, what would make your life better working here? We want to know. I have every business interest in the world of listening to that and acting upon it. And an overwhelming majority of requests that I get or just ideas are great ideas that are scalable, that you can, you know, you can sustainable. Like that, that, and that's usually what I'm looking for. When I hear an idea, I'm like, okay, we're going to roll this out. The sets of questions that go through my head are, okay, what's the, what's the, whether it's just cost, whether it's time or money to sort of set this up, uh, who benefits most from it? Who's impacted the most? So you kind of go through all these different components of who's going to manage it, who's going to maintain it, how do we test it? Um, we kind of go through this range of these sets of questions. Um, Is it possible but, to to go too far? Have there been, can you think of an example of something that was was trialed or tested that maybe didn't work out the way you expected and, and was adjusted afterwards? No, I don't. Not everything just evolves. Mm-hmm. Nothing remains the same. I guess that's part of it. You know, we're do, like so. For example, I think the work from home stuff is interesting. So I think I, I can't remember exactly the time. I'm horrible at timing. But all I know is, not too long ago, let's say two years ago or so, we said let's start doing more work from home for people, so people can have the flip because that's a big one. Right. And I think that's a great perk. Like I don't even see it as a perk. It's just like a reality, and it's a good business decision on many levels. So instead of someone spending an hour and a half commuting on both sides. Have them stay at home and have it, you know, just more focus or whatever that is. So we started doing work from home. We were doing work from home, and then we started realizing when we first started, we had a bunch of we, we had a bunch of parameters around it, and saying so. For example, you had to tell your boss this probably like a couple days before. Uh, you could do it two times a quarter, um, and that, in hindsight, it, not saying it was a bad idea. It was unnecessary. We have really moved, and I don't know where the, when this kind of switch happened. We have really moved to a workplace that that really operates under a, a set of personal responsibility of the people here, and that I have completely just have sort of given myself to. When we create policies, it's very rare that there's either a, a limit, or at least in my head, like we're trusting people. Right. And if and it is upon the people here, if you want to stay here and thrive here, you have to extend that trust back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't, it, the, the whole system fails. But the people we have here support that. Like that's why I don't know, I don't know how or – it's hard for me to say how exactly that just happens. It just happens. It's very rare that 
I find it's very rare that someone comes in and they go, oh, my God, this person completely violated the policy. I don't like it, it just doesn't often happen. I don't know why. Jordan, do you uh, you've worked for Situation for a number of years. I'm, you've seen the evolution of the the different perks and you've taken advantage of them throughout your your time here. What what stands out for you as why are they as an employee? Uh, why are they important? Well, they're they're important to me because. A, you know, it's it's nice to be trusted. It feels good to be trusted. And everyone likes to feel like they kind of have some ownership over their experience. And the reality is, you know, me personally, and I think, you know, I can't speak for the rest of the agency, but I can certainly, you know, observe on what I see. And I think this is the common experience is the reality is when 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 you know the answer is going to be yes to a request you're really careful about what you ask for. You know, mm. I, I, I can just think about like growing up, you know, uh, you know, my dad, he was like putty in the hands of me and my sisters, you know, we'll say yes to anything we said. And I still to this day, I'm very hesitant to ask my dad for anything. So I'm like, Oh my God, he can't say no. So I better be careful about what I ask for. Cause he's not going to have the will to say no. So I, I hope I'm making a fair ask. I, I carry that burden. And I feel like there's something about that within the office too. It's like, you know, you've got to be, the, the, the perks are amazing, but they come with a level of um, of, uh, uh, of trust that goes both ways. You know, we have to, Damien's trusting us to, you know, make good use of, of these perks. And, you know, we have to um, uh, kind of make sure we're instilling that trust back that, that, that we are. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a two, two-way street. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that I like about the way our agency is structured and the way that we deal with perks is it's very... There's a very equal playing field for everyone here. Everyone is able to take advantage of the perks. We don't. We haven't created a second class of society where I think sometimes you re, you hear about places like Google where you know they have full cafeterias that are staffed by you know food service professionals who are treated like crap. Now whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that's you know there's something in the zeitgeist that says you know the entitled employees of Google aren't grateful. I don't, I, again, I'm not saying that's true. We've been there. They, everybody seemed lovely, but we, I think that's an example of a perk where somebody's on one level and another group of people are on another. And I, I think I'm glad that we don't have that here. There's not, you know, a staff of people that are, you know, suffering because everybody else gets to enjoy something. Yeah. Lovely. And I think that also has to do with like, there's, there's different types of perks. Like some perks are like superficial, you know, like, uh, you mentioned micro brew or whatever, you know, like a fancy drink in the fridge. Like there's a, there, yeah, I'm sure like if you like whatever the fancy drink is, it's great. But on some level, like it's, it's semi-superficial, you know, which is mm-hmm. neither bad nor good. And I think what's great about a lot of the perks that, that Damien and, and the, the operations team have, have come up with are that there, there's like a depth to them that speaks to who we are as an agency that, makes them even more kind of uh, powerful or, you know, or something like I think about the life happens policy that we have, which uh, someone correct me if I get this wrong, but the idea is kind of, you know, life happens and generally you have no notice when life happens. And so the idea is that you, you know, let, let your team know when something comes up and you're going to kind of your work schedule, uh, you may not be in the office, but you're going to get your work done as you can and just be communicative and keep, people posted, you know, and again, it goes back to that personal responsibility. I think that it just speaks to the culture here so well that there's this level of trust that like, 
you know, it's like, Jordan, we trust you. Get your shit done and we'll make it work. You know, life happens. But, uh, you know, thinking about, thinking about work from home. So work from home started at a place where, again, people wanted flexibility. So then when we had first started, it was we roll out work from home policy and people start working from home, which is great. Uh, just like any perk, there's an impact on that. So we, this is what I was saying before about how things – we try to look at the impact of what that perk has. So what starts happening is when people have work from home, it would be – an email would go out to the team the morning of, um, my cable person is coming today to set up the cable. Today I'm going to be working from home. And what happened was we started getting a lot of like – there were a fair number of the work from homes were last-minute requests for work from homes. Yeah. yeah, and the issue with that is – this is where a perk becomes like you need to now redefine it because the perk initially was set for we are we, was set for we wanted a planned in advance because work from home is a planned day mm-hmm. right so whether that's so there's some lead time because we're in a collaborative environment so your whole team realizes it's happening uh, so life had then we came up with the idea of okay well that perk was in uh, affecting the collaborative process. Right? So then all of a sudden we said, okay, we need to redefine that perk without taking it away from people. Then therefore that's where Life Happens came from because I had made the stance of um, that's not – I don't that, – work from home is not that. Right. Work from home is planned. But Life Happens and you can't avoid something happening in your life. And we're grown adults and yeah, life's going to happen. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I hope I'm sick. Right. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I hope my you know, family member isn't in the hospital. Life happens. And as an, as an employer, you need to, I think for us, to be just compassionate to people who are like, our, I see you guys are my colleagues, my friends, like extended family. You look at that, you kind of go, we have to have a policy that can address that. Uh, but let's not call that. You have to, that, I think it's important to distinctly talk about what the perk, what it's designed for so it has meaning because then, then otherwise it gets lost. And I think to me, that was actually one of the best uh, moves we made as an agency to make that distinction because I think it is really empowering work from home. Right. And without that, I think it would have just muddied it, confused it and made it worse because, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I think you're right. I think it has clarified how people think about it and how they take advantage of it. And, but it evolved and it evolved in a way, like you said, it could have been very easy to say, okay, we have to kind of cut that policy out, but no, it, it changed. You know, when I look for personally a day, if I look at my schedule and I happen to see, Oh, you know what? Everything on my schedule today, I can do remotely or it's a call with a vendor or this, you know, that to me says that might be a potential work from home day. If I'm going to be in five meetings where I'm going to be, you know, it's critical that I be there or be around a table with people, you need to be in the office for that because it, it would have an impact. You can be on the phone, but it's not always the same thing. Well, the funny is that work from home perk is going to be called work from anywhere perk at one point. Yeah. Like it was, it's designed to be work from anywhere. Yeah. But it's funny that it's kind of called work from home, but like that's a perk, for example, that will not exist a year or two from now. It would be called work from They'll have an entirely different name. Uh, so, Damien, you you had said that when you it was important when you were starting the agency that perks were were valuable in helping to retain good talent. I want to talk a little bit about the the hiring process and what do you see when you're you you are in an interview with someone who's you know made it through the chain and potentially were working here. How how does how do perks uh, impact the the new hire process. Do you mean that in terms of how I'm looking at that person or you believe how they are looking at us because of the perks we have? Um, I, I guess how hard do we put into our solicitation and when we're putting out job descriptions into the world, how heavily do we lean on selling the perks? I, it's, I don't lean on the perks quite literally at all. 
By the time someone comes into my office, I think the number one perk any employer can give to someone is the feeling as though they're going to be respected. And it is quite literally that simple. For me, they, by the time they talk to me, my whole thing is, here's the environment. Here's what you – I sell through – I sell why you don't want to work here and say we're always in beta. It's a changing atmosphere things like that. But the one thing I can guarantee them, they will feel respected in, in, through the entire process. And th- that's why sometimes I'm saying that perks – not saying perks don't matter because perks are just like it is what it is. But none of this matters mm-hmm. if you do not feel respected. And everything comes down to just respect. Yeah. In some level, once you cross someone, cross someone's like you violate their respect, game over. And and I feel like that starts day one. And that's what keeps that's what people are gonna stay here for. Every single person that leaves here over time, if it'll it, it usually comes from that either a feeling of disrespect or something like that. And in fairness, I I, I often don't see that. Right. Um, so I feel like we're good at that. But I think that's this so for me I'm focused. I don't talk about the perks. When they come see me, yeah. I, I, to me, I'm like, because to me, the perks are simply an extension to who we are. So by the time they get here, it's like, well, I want people that come here to go, well, of course you have that perk. Right. It just almost makes sense that you would do that. Yeah. Anyone um, that would possibly treat it like a bidding war wouldn't get in in the door. You know, it, it, they wouldn't yeah. make it very far. Pet, you know, if, if if they started, if it was like a cash war, you know, in, in home buying, like we, we're just not interested in, in that. It just also seems so not disingenuous. It just seems salesy. It, it's just not a thing I would lean on. When I'm talking to someone, I want them to know and I want them to understand what their role is in coming to the company. But I want them to just it's all it all. I believe just people just want to have a voice. Yes. And if you connect that all the way back, they want to have a voice. They want to feel valued. It all comes down to a sense of respect of who I am and mm-hmm. what I have to say. Like so. Yeah, I just focus on that. I don't even lean on the perks. To me, the perks are gravy. Um, and I think it, it definitely helps to the environment and the atmosphere, but without that, it's like, this is just this, the, so many of the perks that we have that are, they're all built off what people have asked for here. The ideas come from everyone here. Why don't we do this? And why don't we do this? And we're kind of going, can we, should we, why not? Like, let's do that. It's, it's sort of like, I don't believe, and I guess I, I I've never built the perks as a vehicle to get people to want to necessarily work here. The perks are just sort of like they come with the environment. Mm-hmm. They make the environment better where I want to be and where everyone wants to be, and then other people want to work here. But it's like it's not like we set out. I mean, once four hundred one k and and healthcare, you could say those are competitive things. But even those, um, that was a moral. That wasn't. That was. There was a whole bunch of reasons that went into the selection of those perks. Right. So uh, you know, over time, we we have a, a a range of people, different ages, who work at the agency. We have. You know, very young people who this might be their first job. We have, uh, you know, fam- people that have families that have a couple of kids. Is there a difference uh, oh, between that age range of the kinds of perks that are uh, appreciated more or taken or, or have, that we are offering as as our population ages? Yes, there's definitely a difference on obviously what people take. Um, uh, there's definitely a difference, obviously, in what people value, what they don't value. But I would argue that at the end of the day, our collective perks pack is just a reflection of how we treat people as a whole. And I think people look at that, how we treat people as a whole, as a reflection of how they feel about the company. So even if there's not a lot of perks for a particular group of people, if they see that we just as a whole try our best to try to treat people as as a whole with all these different perks, I think that um, 
just re- resonates with them. So yeah, the individual perks go to certain things, but it's very rare. If someone walks in and says, Damien, I wish I had this perk, I'll find a way to make that perk for them. If it's someone who's, you know, yeah. so it's not, it, so yes, it, it's divided. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that I think is interesting, and I think a lot of employers are dealing with this, is healthcare. This is probably the single hardest thing I've had to personally deal with, where, and you look no further than the headlines, healthcare costs, no bullshit, are actually really rising. Like, I can show you the numbers, they are full-blown, sky. if you look over the past five years, skyrocketing. Um, and I don't really say that lightly. I say it's up 100, 200. It, it's up a significant amount. So we first started the company. It was, I believe that everyone should, we paid 100% health insurance out of the gate, which I remember was a major move. Um, and that was 10 years ago or something like that. And now as we grow, it's kind of like, how do we sustain being able to hold 100% coverage of healthcare for people? And you've got things like, aside from the co-pays and all this other stuff, that we're trying very hard to figure out how we can maintain that on cost, which I'm told, again, this coming year, it's going to go up again significantly. And that is, to me, so di- – when you think about things with perks, because perks are generally something that, as the employer, I just – I believe that it's my responsibility, our responsibility to offer that. But you're up against something you have no control over. Well, I mean, I've, I've said this to you before, but this is the only – place I've ever worked as an adult that has taken that stance to take on all of the responsibility. So even even if you, you know, the reality becomes that the, the employees have to share in it, you know that that's like 99% of the world. Yeah, we're trying to be creative and how you, that's the other thing too about perks. You try to be creative with it. Yeah, the employers pick up co-pays. They pick up a lot. Of, it's not like they pick up none of the expense, but we pay the premiums. And there's a lot of young people here to say, no, no, we'll try and cover the base. We're, we're trying, but it, 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 all these things get challenged. Yeah. You know, like it's, and it's sticking to your guns of like of, of trying to you know I don't know just stay focused on creating a great environment, but it's a tricky one because it's so out of your control and it is a large number. Yeah, you know it's and it's if I look at the the balance if I look at the the P and L for the company over the course of the year, it is among the largest numbers. Uh, and it's a very important number to people. You sent around an article not too long ago that I thought was really interesting that was talking about how. Advertising agencies who have you know been around for a while are starting to up their perks package to be more reflective, like tech startups, um, you know, beer pong in the break room, and you know, in an effort to kind of go after younger talent that might be lured away by some of the tech companies. Um, do you think that that? I mean, based on this conversation so far, you know, we've discussed that that's. That's, that could be a, a futile effort to try to lure people in, or that's just not what we believe in. But what do you think of that fact in the, the industry as a whole? Is it, is, it, uh, is it something that you think will be successful? No. I don't think it ma- – I think there's, there's core to what people look for in a job. And trust me, when I started the company, I was telling someone this last week. Over the – I mean I've heard – you could just imagine the amount of things I've heard over the years. Oh, your, your name is boring. You need to call yourself, you know, Spaceship or these ridiculous names. You've got to get a trend your name. You've got to have a cooler space. You need to offer ping pong tables and foosball, you know, like just stuff that's just so not – it's not like grounded in anything. It's right because everyone else is doing it. If you look at what, you know, what people want out of a job, they want, you know, to be in an environment that they value with people that they value. Like they want to be around smart people, right? Like the the in in – the, they want to work around like interesting clients and interesting work and be proud of what they do. They want to have val- like purpose in their job. They want to grow. There's like core fundamentals to that. Mm-hmm. And so the smart people, and it's not about youth. 
Like I'm not convinced. I don't, it's not necessarily, Oh, they're young. They don't know. There's something about a wiseness that happens in all ages where people sniff through what drives them. And what drives you is it is like a curiosity and growth. If you're, you're in that, you're in a curious phase, a growth phase, you attract to you. We, we mutually try to attract to each other. If you're, if you're looking for straight up perks, like the shiny perks to be in those types of atmospheres. I mean, you're going, I mean, essentially that's just an extension of college. Like they're, they're trying to position it like, Oh, you're going to, it's, it's an extension it's like of a fraternity or something. Yeah. yeah and it, it, that's just not it, we just have not saying I'm sure there's, they're talented, great people, but it, this is not our environment. And I think that's a great example of, you know, those are perks that, you know, though, though they might be successful in the short term, if you really do need to kind of like, attract a, a, a crowd of people for, you know, a limited amount of time or something, you know, or if, but, but that, that, that's a turnover crowd. And, you know, I have, a, I have, you know, friends who work in big agencies and we talk all the time, just comparing this or that or whatever. And, you know, when it comes down to like, like Damien saying, having a voice and the opportunity for growth. I mean, those are things that I think f- for the most part, you know, people in larger places or bigger agencies, whatever, would trade those things in a, the smart ones would trade that stuff in a minute to be somewhere where they feel like after, after having been in an agency or, or been in a space where it's like, you're just, you know, kind of a pawn in a much larger organization, right. even with, you know, all the snacks and games right. and that's only, it's only so razor deep. scooters that you want, it's surface. you know, yeah. yeah, it's surface. And I think that, you know, just like anything else in life surface works for a limited amount of time, but you know, it doesn't, doesn't last forever. So Jordan, I, I think touching on this from a new business angle for a second, I think, you know, we, we do invest when we're talking to people for the first time who might become clients. I think that that is one of the perks, if I'm being honest, of working here is an interesting client set. It's live entertainment, it's events, it's, you know, the ability to go to get tickets every now and again to go see stuff. So I wouldn't say that that is it necessarily the, you know, that's not a prerequisite for becoming a client of our agency, but it is baked into the culture. So how do you, you know, is that something that's in your mind at all when you're talking to new clients who either we're going after or who might ring our bell? You mean in terms of like benefits they'll have from working with us? Um, I, I just, it sounds, it sounds, uh, it sounds, it's not the way I intended to sound, but it's exciting for us to have exciting clients versus, you know, uh, somebody who makes toothpaste. That's our go-to reference all the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe that'd be a great perk because there could be free toothpaste in, in the office. <laughs> but, but the idea that because we go after the clients, the kinds of clients we go after, they tend to be the ones that are doing things that are exciting, that, that we love to participate in the product that they build, whether that's a Broadway show or a new TV series or a sporting event. You know, the, that is related to the, 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 client, the, the atmosphere of the agency. And we specifically go after clients like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about this all the time. And, and I think 100% that the, the, the types of clients that we work with that, that that creates kind of, yes, this atmosphere of excitement that kind of reinforces everything else that's happening. Uh, but I think bigger than that is, it comes back to, again, what we're saying about all these perks are the people. I mean, the reality is, yes, you want to work with these awesome, amazing uh, brands, but at least personally, more than that, I want to work with, with smart people 
who nice people, good people who value my thinking and I value their thinking and we're building this thing together. So I think all of that other stuff are, are again, it's like important and great and, and part of the part of the bigger picture. But but I do think that at least in the in, in that new business process, so much of it, of it is, is also just about like, do we hey, do we connect? Like, do we value the same things and do we, are we chasing like the same broader goals? And, and, and yeah, we're going to do a lot of fun, have a lot of fun and do crazy stuff as we're getting there. But like on a deeper level, are we, are we on the same page? I mean, I don't know, Damien, if you, if you. No, no, I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah. So Damien, you, you've, we've kind of talked about kind of the, how the perks have evolved since when situation was a two person shop to where we are now. Uh, where do you see it going when we're 200 people, 300 people? Do you think uh, that it would change in any significant way or that we'll be able to keep intact kind of the core philosophy that we've been talking about? I think we will be able to keep intact the core philosophy we have in, in because if not, the company won't grow. I won't allow it to grow because it's not really what I want to do. Like I like coming to work. I like the environment we have. It's, selfishly, I like the culture we've created. So I, I don't I don't want to lose it. Um, so I don't foresee – obviously, some of the specific perks will evolve, but the the mm-hmm. view or philosophy, I think it'll only get better. How do you measure that? Like, you know, we've experienced – I mean, I've been here almost five years, and we've experienced quite a bit of growth in that five years. And that's, you know, discounting all the growth that happened before I got here. H- how do you measure if if you're staying on track in that world? Well, there's two ways. Well, first off, there we do all those, like, best places to work. And we go through those like we actually every year. That's why we uh, submit to those best places to work awards. They, awards, which we happen to win a fair number of them. Um, we go through that to see what people have to say, and we actually use that as a pulse. Of we actually look at all the feedback we get from people. Do people feel valued? You know, going through that whole the, the running the whole gamut of the stuff that uh, in terms of employee happiness. We look at that. The second thing is I can feel it in my bones. I don't know. I just know if we are if we are killing it. Like just in terms of the culture, you can see it. You could stand outside. You could stand anywhere in this office. That's what I love. That's why the office is also designed the way it's designed. Because you can kind of get a full view of the office. You could see, watch. One of the best indicators of happiness of the office is the number of people in people's offices and communal areas. The more populated communal areas is generally connected to the happiness of the agency. If people are, have their head, if, if everything, if, the conference rooms are empty. That always makes me nervous. Mm. If the communal areas are nervous, empty, that makes me nervous. It's about you see a connection that just happens. It's in the air. You can like quite literally feel it. That's why when we have an exciting project happening, you feel like some bubbling that begins to happen. It's exciting. And, and to me personally, I can see the people that are off the grid. Now, I'm not saying I don't know everyone's happiness level here. But you instinctually can kind of go, well, that person just seems disconnected from the grid. What, what's going on? And there's, you can, you know, you poke around, you usually find out what's going on there. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm stoked. Like, I feel like if we grow, um, there's no reason we need to change and evolve. Like, no, excuse me, there's ways to evolve, but there's no reason our philosophy would ever change because our philosophy is the thing that will make us grow. And if we lose that philosophy, it'll be the thing that kills us. Well, and the philosophy is who we are. And ultimately it's, you, you grow, you grow, but like personally and professionally by just reinforcing who you are 
You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it's the, it's, it's, the ing- it's essentially the input, not the output. Exactly. That's the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if you look at the perks that we do, like that's, that is the vehicle for growth. Yeah. We're, we're an entire business and people always remind me this, like all of our assets leave here every day, go down the elevators and go home. Like we're a service business. We are a brains business. All these talented people, that's like all these people coming together. Um, yeah, it's just oh, and, I, and we talk about this all the time, but it's like it's the power of being defined by who you are, not what you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very true. You know, it's true. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Oh no. What is the one perk that you think <laughs> we should have that we don't have? Actually, I have a great answer. And you know why I love this? I can. Pro- I will go out on a limb here and say, I guarantee you, right now, it will happen. Go. You're not going to be able to make mine go. happen. I want to be, be able to bring a dog to the office. Any, Peter, what do you any dog? <laughs> Just a dog? Uh, no, no, okay. No, you know what? That's one I'm going to stall for a minute. That's one that I've thought about as a dog owner, and it seems like it's much more – I don't know. How, it would drive me nuts to have a dog of mine wandering around the office. I'd be worried all day. So that's not mine. I, I, wouldn't, let, I wouldn't let him or her wander. <laughs> what about a child? <laughs> Well, no, is it is a dog? Is your is your idea every? You're not saying every day, or are you? No, no, not necessarily every day. I'm just saying uh, in my personal life, I would love to get a dog, but I just with my work schedule, I just couldn't. Well, I, I just you have to think about your commute, Jordan. Like, yeah. would you take a dog on the side? Like, I think you have to think about I mean, I, I love Peter, this was my cabinet. chance to sell this perk through. <laughs> no. I need you hey, on my side. Hey, he hey, he I just said, said it was, he was going to make yes. it happen. Well, I said one out of the two. What's yours? Uh, <laughs> he's like oh, a cat. man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've thought of one. And this is, this is kind of a cheat. I mean, in the, because this is kind of the resurrection of something that I really liked working here that we had at one point, which was the concept of the fun budget. Um, where, you know, each department kind of had it, the ability to, you know, there was a small portion of dollars set aside for, you know, the department to decide what they're doing. And we just do things slightly differently now, but I really liked that. The spirit of something like that, where, you know, some, even randomly, maybe somebody in the community just gets uh, picked. Uh, there's an episode of 30 Rock that I love. It's like every Friday, one per somebody got to pick where they ordered lunch from, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the one guy wanted to order from Blimpies and everybody hated Blimpies, but it was like, he got to pick because it was his rule. And I, there's just something about that. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's some, we do so much of that spontaneously here and we are surprised by stuff, but I like the idea of you putting someone on the spot like you just did with Jordan and I and saying, no, you pick, we're going to do something fun. Yeah. There's just something I like about that. Well, it's so, fun. That's how you, that's how, you know, in a, in like a professional environment, you learn surprising things about people and you, re, right. you like reconnect with people that right. you see and work with every day. It does. Or, it makes it fun. One of your new hire questions, Damien, is often like, what breakfast cereal do people love? I would love it if like you ask, you, you set it up so that you ask somebody in a meeting and then all of a sudden trays of that breakfast cereal come rolling in and Peter, everybody. Peter, do not say this because now no, we're going to have to try mine. to figure out how to do this. We're gonna um, I will happily help. We're going to line up like, what, what would you line up? Like tricks? Oh, this is just my stuff. All right, forget yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's a crunch. good, you know what though? Let's make that happen. I mean, that let's make that happen. And the dog thing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, yeah. the next time you visit our office, there may or may not be cereal and dogs. Thank you, Damien and Jordan, for, for being on the podcast again today. You guys are always the best. Thank you. Um, really appreciate you, our listeners. If you have any feedback for the podcast, please send us an email to podcast at situation.myc, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye.